hidden behind closed doors. This is Beard B Movies. I'm Jason. And I'm Michael. Jason, what movie are we talking about today? Today we're going to discuss Billy Jack, 1971, directed, written, produced by, and starring, Tom Laughlin. Whoa. <laughs> Michael, what are we drinking today? Today, we have, a, we have an interesting beer. This was given to us by a co-worker of mine. She was in Arizona. She was does some uh, ultramarathons. Joyce, yes. thank you. This is the four-year beer. It's an American hazy IPA from Four Silos. And they are out of Arizona. I picked it because this movie's set in Arizona. Yeah, Prescott. And, you know, so it was like not really sponsored, but thank you, Joyce. Yeah, she's thank very, you, Joyce. She's good people. Yeah. She always brings me beer back. And then this time she said, I want you to put this on an episode. And I went, done. Oh, totally cool. <laughs> and the, But then she said, I'm going to pick the movie. And I said, <laughs> not so fast. <laughs> so, Joyce, thank you. Uh, this, is a, this is a nice little beer. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. It smells like kind of like almost a creamsicle. There's yeah. orange and some mango in there. And grapefruity always reminds me of a hazy. That's good. A little tang. Tastes like almost yeah. like tang. So you got orange. The four-year beer. The four-year beer. I'm, I was totally unfamiliar with yeah. these guys. Crafted in Arizona. This is the year of the four-year beer. Yeah, so, there you no, go. It's a good. This is, yeah. it's light. It's 4.4? Uh, 4.4%, yeah. which is, you know, very light for an IPA. And I'm okay with it. I mean, I could see if you're out in the Arizona, working in Arizona, working... At a, at a free school with a, a bunch of free-living hippies-type people. This like would be good. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you knock these back. So. A little horseback riding. Horseback riding. Um, weaving. Weaving. Painting. <laughs> psychodrama. Fil- filmmaking. Yoga. Psychodrama. <laughs> and it's something that turns you on. Yeah. You know? Celebrates your, your heritage. You, you got to be creative. You do. That's it. And you got to carry your load and no <laughs> drugs. You picked this. I did. I'm familiar with Billy Jack. Not as familiar as I thought I was. Tell us why. So I picked it because, number one, I own it. You know, I have the... The collection. The collection. Always kind of been a fan. It's been a couple years since I watched this movie. I mean, it was one of these independent produced movies. Originally, AIP had money in it. Then they pulled out. And then 20th Century Fox gave Tom Laughlin some more money. And then they were, they refused to distribute it. I mean, it was like one of these deals. He distributed deals himself. He ended up distributing himself. He went out and made deals. I, I do have to say... If AIP pulls out of yeah. your, out of your project, yeah, you might want to think about your project. And you because like the first the first time Billy Jack character shows up is an AIP movie, Born Losers. Yep. You know, I had the DVD. And I thought, you know, let's do something that I've seen. I've kind of enjoyed. It's been a while. Never sat down and kind of looked at the movie. Like, why? It's clearly a B movie, made completely independent, produced. I do want to thank you for not picking one of the sequels because those run like over two and a half hours. <laughs> yeah. Then the th- third one, second or third one, I think the second yeah. one is about three hours long. Yeah. So thank you for not picking one. Yeah, because this movie's long. It's, uh, it's, it's almost hour- two hours and we're going to talk about yeah. it. Spoiler alert. It's weird because I don't dislike it, but boy, at least a half hour could have been cut from this and it would not have harmed the pacing. There is some plotting, plotting moments. Clearly Tom Laughlin, he ended up running for president. For several years. He had a varied career outside of Hollywood. He was an idealist. Yeah. And this movie was, number one, was going to be kind of an action movie. But at the same time, this movie is really a... It's a message movie. It's a message movie. Exactly. And, and there's a lot of messages. It's hard for you to focus on like one message. But there's some great action scenes. But then there's like some, like you said, scenes where you're going, okay, 
I don't remember watching. I must have, like, when I was little, got up and, like, left her and scene and came back. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think I told you, like, I thought I was more familiar. Like, I, and most, I never sat down and watched them beginning to end. But I, I remember his hat. He has the iconic oh, yeah. hat. You know, it's like whatever they call it. It's flat brim with, yep. the, with the band on it. Remember him fighting yeah. and doing that. I did not recall just long stretches of improv comedy. <laughs> From Howard Hessman. Exactly. That was pretty cool. Dr. Johnny Fever's in it. So. Or some music. I mean, it's the movie starts oh. off with um, you know a great like one tin soldier, which for this movie it was na- it was sung by Jinx Dawson. I sh- her group was the Coven. It was a remade song. Like this song, like Dennis Lambert had written the song. This is the version everyone knows. The, exactly, and it charted Billboard. I think yeah. twenty six when when this came out, and it's a catchy tune. Very seventies. I played it for my kids and my my daughter, who's taking a history of rock and roll class. She's like, Dad, that sounds like a seventies song. Oh, hundred percent. You are right on. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's a downover movie. It is. It I is. mean, this movie starts with the sheriff going to tell one of his deputies, "Hey." Your runaway teenage daughter was found in Haight-Ashbury. And you want to go get her? And the deputy says, no, I have to go with, like, the local villain. He owns the dog food the company. The Posner family. The Posner, Stuart it, Posner, it, the it. horrible person. Posner wants to go kill Mustangs. And the <laughs> sheriff says, dude, you know that's illegal, even for a deputy. And the deputy goes, well, you know, if Posner wants it, you know, people got to do what he wants to do. I'm going to go illegally kill horses instead of w- getting my teenage daughter. The sheriff, Cole, who... As we describe as a character, he he is threading a super delicate needle in this town, in this little community, because he's got all these bigoted locals, and then he has this school that's this progressive school outside of town with long hairs, and they don't have your traditional classes. They do. They do have classes and cycle drama, and they're doing so. It's like this clash of cultures, and the sheriff is tries not to take sides. He tries to keep the peace. So it's a, he's threading a very delicate needle. And it's not only just squares versus hippies, but it's also a racial. It's because the school sits on a Indian reservation. Yeah, if you do watch this movie, there's some racism. If you're if you're watching it with a yeah. kid, you know you, there might be some questions asked because there there's some ugly ugly racism. And I, I think that's part of the message of the movie. 100%. How racism. I mean, I started making a list of all the issues you know that were discussed in the movie. Everything from ecological degradation to child trafficking. It, it's crazy. And I mean, it, Tom Laughlin, it's, I, I kept saying, you know, it's like, that's where you need an editor in the writing process. In this movie, in, in writing, they talk about show, don't tell. And this movie tells you a lot. There's a lot of speechifying, a lot of voiceover that just explains a bunch of stuff and it doesn't necessarily help all the time. And it's just kind of, somebody should have been able to tell Tom Laughlin narrow your focus i think it would have been a better movie i read after i watched it my issues were the issues that critics had with it that you know well there's a lot of plotting and this is preachy you know you're gonna like alienate people and as you pointed out that first scene or introduction of the movie sets up the central conflict where the deputy's daughter who of course as you pointed out went to hate ashbury so of course that's code for that time like hippies exactly (laughs) yeah you say hate ashbury nowadays and i think you know, I don't think a lot of kids or even millennials will know like what you mean by that. Probably homeless. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, really, that's sadly that's, true. I think homeless now, but I do think though that there's still a resonance where yeah. Haight Ashbury is always going to have a little bit of that. You know, where people will go, "Oh, that was 
the place to be yep. for but, music. But Paul, it sets a dark tone because right off you, you see that, okay, there's a powerful man who really runs the town. He even runs some of the deputies that report to the sheriff. And this deputy, his daughter, is a teen runaway. And I'm assuming Deputy Mike is a, a single-parent family. You never see the wife. You know, it's interesting, Jason, now that you say it. Like, you never see anyone's wives. Yeah. It's men. It's men, and then Jean is a woman. The women kind of exist at the school. Yeah. That just occurred to me. Like, you never, true. You never see, like, the domestic, the only domestic scene we see is when Deputy Mike, get her, his daughter comes home, and he's there. I think he has a big beer. His first line to her is, my first instinct is to beat the hell out of you. Yeah, exactly. And he says it kind of jokingly. And then she goes into this really nasty speech about how she was passed around by all these guys. She has hepatitis, abscess tooth. She swears. She's just like, she's and really... I'm also pregnant, Dad. She's pregnant. Yeah. And then... She goes after his bigotry yeah. because she says, I was with so many men, I don't know if the baby's going to be black, Indian, yeah. white. And yeah. you can see that sets him off. And he starts the scene saying, my first instinct is to beat the hell out of you. The scene ends with him beating the hell out of her. Before that scene, we get the introduction to Billy Jack. We have that. And Posner. Yes, we have that great cinematic one tin soldier sound. <laughs> you're, you're seeing wild Mustangs run. And you realize that there's basically cowboys chasing them into a corral and they're there and then you get the next point of issues in this movie which is a father and son you have mr posner the mr Moneybags of the town even though he, he rides around the station wagon which i think is funny <laughs> <laughs> the son has a corvette but he's a station was that wagon. like a symbol of status like, exactly. at one point like we had i remember briefly having one when i was a little kid and it was only because we had a bunch of kids <laughs> like, it wasn't because we like I was expecting it to be like a rolls or something. Not like a boss hog. Yeah. He's sort of a boss hog. A giant with, anyway, so they corral the horses. They're basically like shoot the horses in a corral. Shooting fish in the To barrel. make dog food. To make dog food. And I had to look it up and, you know, apparently like we did. That was a thing. Um, I don't know if it lasts until the 70s, but we still did commercial use of horse meat up until like 2011. Yeah. He wants his son, Bernard, to take the first shot. He's really big on this. Yes. And Bernard declines. He says, I, I, just, I just can't do it. And Posner, like, you can see that this is going to be an issue, this father and son, where the father looks down upon his son as being weak, and the son has to, you know, show his dad that he can be a man some way in this movie. And his approach to it is all the wrong ways. So he's like, Deputy Mike, just start shooting. And all of a sudden, like, this like music. Chinese yeah. music plays. And then out of... The forest comes Billy Jack. Holds their fire. Billy Jack has a spidey sense. Yeah. And he can also give out some sort of infrasound. Yeah. <laughs> that makes people stop doing things. I, I mean, we he's a man, but he's... He's, he's almost he, a superhero. You call him a superhero. Yes. He pops up whenever people need him. Yes. It's almost like I, he was he was a man who was in the war and he hated the war. And he yeah. came back and he didn't want... Nobody knows where he lives. Yeah. They say he lives in the ruins with a shaman. Yeah. And he's sort of this mythical... We're to the point where I thought... I wondered if maybe like Billy Jack got killed in the war, his spirit came back because he does seem to have this otherworldly presence and yeah. power. Yeah. But he, you're right. Go ahead. You he, don't really see him eat. You don't really see him drink. He, like, I think he's eating sunflowers at some point. But you know he doesn't act... Human. That's a good point. He, he knows exactly where he's needed to be at that point in time. Gene says it at one point even. Yeah. We don't know where he lives. He just seems to pop up when we need him. Yeah. So he says, hey, you guys realize you're shooting horses on Indian, Indian land and this is illegal. 
<laughs> and there was like going to be a standoff. Of course, because he has superpowers, he's able to shoot all at their feet. Just to the, dissuade him from continuing. Sitting then, on a horse. Yeah. Just lets his rifle shoot. Yeah. He doesn't take aim. Exactly. Because <laughs> he, he's awesome. And so he stopped. Posner says, okay, everybody back down. And you can see that Posner and Billy Jack, like, Billy Jack is a thorn in Posner's side. The message of this movie, where it's about accepting people for who they are, about being peaceful, about being a pacifist and fighting wrongs, but not using violence. But then our main character, our protagonist, our hero of the movie, I guess it's okay to fight bad guys with violence if it's a good guy fighting the bad guys with violence. He's looking for violence. He is. He's, and, and he says at the end, jumping ahead, but he has that line near the end of the movie where he goes, I'm itching to kill someone, yeah. just may as well be you. And he talks about rage and violence. Yeah. And you see in character Bernard, the son, where he starts, he won't even shoot a horse. His dad browbeats him. Yeah verbally abuses, physically abuses him to the point where he creates this horrible human being who can go on and do the things at the beginning of the film he couldn't. He was just a weak kid. Yeah. A lot of hate in this movie. Because Billy Jack says when police break the law, there isn't law. But it's Billy Jack who's deciding when the police break the law. (laughs) I know. it's his justice, his frontier justice that he's deciding. And then therefore it's okay for him to break law. But yeah, you're at that point too where you have that great voiceover done by Gene, who we have to point out, that is Tom Laughlin's real wife. Dolores, yeah. Yeah. The way she delivers it, it's very odd. Her intonation of all these voiceovers. <laughs> to me, in some ways, it's sort of bad storytelling because it just sort of gives exposition. It tells you a bunch of stuff. Yeah. I don't think she was an actress. No. I think all his kids are in this movie. I think that young girl who plays the song, that guitar song. Oh, God. I Which think that's one? his daughter. Which one? The, the, the one who's like 11 years old. Well, the one the one who <laughs> saw her brother die. That was such a horrible song. It was terrible, and they played the whole flipping thing. Yeah, it's like a family movie. <laughs> Good Lord, man. So he finds Barbara. Yeah. She's out, passed out in the desert with a black eye after her dad kicked her butt. And once again, so the assumption is she ran away, and then Billy Jack was just in the right place at the right time, comes across her. Just out there on his horse. Miss, miss. Yeah. <laughs> Unconscious teen. Yeah. Miss, miss. And he, he takes her to the hospital. We yeah. find our next sympathetic character, the doctor. Another major character actor. Like, if you watch TV in the 70s, 80s, you've seen this guy. A lot of them didn't really go on to do anything else, but you'll see some faces that you go, oh, I know that dude. Yeah. Oh, I know that dude. Yeah. So the doctor and Sheriff Cole, they basically say, we're going to hide her at the school. So they create the tension of the movie right here. Both of them are kind of sympathetic to the plight of the school and to this girl. They know the townspeople, Deputy Mike, are bad. I mean, it's his own deputy. And he can't. he's lying to his own deputy saying, like, I'm not going to tell You're him the sheriff. Yeah. You know, it's, it's that classic, you know, there's someone above the law. Yeah. Posner's exactly. above the law. And the sheriff is, for whatever reason, I mean, because to me it's pretty simple. You arrest the man. He's breaking laws. Yeah. You know? <laughs> He's abusing his daughter. Even at that at that time period, like abuse is abuse, you know. Absolutely. Beating up beating up a pregnant teen. I know. And I don't think that's been cool since like the seventeen hundreds. No. But that it's that point right there because if they made a different decision, the this movie would have would not have the same plot because it's because of Barbara being hidden that everything begins to escalate. It does. It that does set everything in motion. Yeah. So now we're at their school. 
We get to a voiceover like Michael explained the rules of the school. The rules of the school. She well, there's been this tension between yeah. townspeople, and then there was more tension at the school because Jean laid down three rules: no drugs, you got to carry your own load, and find something that turns you on. Yeah, be creative. Yeah, something creative. So you could be painting, you could be making quilts, you could be weaving improv comedy film yes yeah, psycho <laughs> all this and there and it's this montage of them taking barbara through all like, like walking yeah. her through the classroom like nothing seems to be turning her on and then she's like like she gets one last she's like takes her to the cycle drawing she's like this is like the last chance like yeah. what is she gonna do kick her out like, we, we and it's funny because we started with horror um horse barrel racing <laughs> and i was like okay i guess that's Kind of creative. I thought that was interesting. <laughs> I guess they are well, on a ranch. And... It has to be something that turns you on. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, I don't know. There is that song during the dinner time, and that's the, uh, that is their young daughter playing the guitar, singing that song. Yeah. She it's comes out. It's depressing as crap. Like it's the, terrible. Until the sergeant told me my brother died. Yeah. It's about her two brothers, <laughs> and one of them died in the war, and we get introduced to Martin, who's a, yeah. young, who's a young Indian lad. Yeah. Who we find out Billy is going to go through this ritual of yeah. getting bitten snake by a bunch of snakes, yeah. or he just go out and get bit by a bunch of snakes. I think it was a radioactive snake. <laughs> That's how he got his powers. And he wants to apprentice, and yeah. it's like it's his whole kind of goes on and on till the break of dawn. Hate to beat up on the movie too much, but you could have tightened this up. There are yeah. so many areas you could tighten this up. This could be an hour and twenty minute movie that was quick paced, had a message, and had him kicking butt. It takes all that time to get to our next scene, which is one of the pivotal plot scenes, which is the kids from the school routinely get to go into town, which is downtown Prescott. If you've ever been to Prescott, Arizona, this is that courthouse square okay. right in that area. It has that classic small yeah. town. When we went to Sedona about a year ago, we drove through Prescott at the end. We actually stopped there and I did take my Billy Jack picture and everything like that. <laughs> but anyways, they go into town and there's a whole bunch of things happening. The kids want to go and get some ice cream. There's also one of the older students, very pretty. Cindy. Cindy. I think it's Cindy. Yeah. And, she is uh, a very attractive lady. Yeah, and I don't think she did much else outside of this this movie and everything. Meanwhile, Bernard and his buddy Dinosaur. Yeah. yeah. That's this guy's name. <laughs> that bar that they walk out of, that palace bar where you see Bernard... That is a really major historic Western house. Is it still a bar? It is. And I walked past that. Did you have a beer? I did it because it was like 9 o'clock in the morning. Did you have a beer? <laughs> but like, You're on the, vacation, dude. But the bar, it's acceptable. Like, that, that was like Whiskey Row. And like the Earps and Doc Holliday were, were at that bar in that location in Prescott before they moved to Tombstone. If you're a, a Western history you know, you know this place. You know this place. So, so you should watch Billy shot. Jack. You should watch Billy Jack. Listen to our episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tell your friends. If you have friends who are into that, <laughs> yeah. tell them to listen to yeah. our episode and leave a review. Yeah. <laughs> but Bernard is, he's going to buy his friends to go. He's, he can go pick up Cindy. He and, and he fails. Yeah. He oh, fails miserably. miserably. They yeah. laugh at him. So his, his manhood is being tweaked. And Martin's is tweaked later. There's a lot of stuff about masculinity. Absolutely. Quote, unquote, masculinity and your manhood being challenged. And so this sort of sets Bernard off because the kids go in, because they're Indian, they can't get ice cream. The guy says, we're out. We're out. And he's lying. He just doesn't want to serve these non-white folks. And then Bernard comes in and dumps flour on the kids so they'd be white, which is just disgusting. And, and you really do what you want him to get his ass kicked. Yeah. And at that point in time, who shows up just in the nick of time? Billy. Again, I wish Tom Laughlin was around because I would ask him, do you 
do you think of Billy as more of a spirit than an actual human? Because he he just pops up. I thought he was supposed to be off going to get his bite on, yeah, bit by a bunch of snakes, but he's here, and he does kick the crap out of Bernard and his oh, yeah. friends. And he walks it and he sighs like, oh, come on. Like, you're really forcing me to do this, Bernard. You know what you're doing. Tom Laughlin has a great presence. He does. He, he has a really good sp- it's screen presence. He's a good looking presence. man. Because like, yeah, I think he's closing on 40 yet when he's making this movie. He looks good. The yeah. hat's a cool thing. And he apparently, they tried to talk him out of the hat. Oh, the hat adds to it. And he <laughs> said, I want the hat. And they said, people are going to think the hat's ridiculous. No, no, it's iconic now. Yeah. I read Quentin Tarantino and Brad Pitt watched this and based his character in... Uh, Once a Time in Hollywood? Yes, roughly on, uh, on this. Tom Laughlin. I could see that. Totally at ease in his own skin, just denim from head to toe. <laughs> <laughs> but he does. He beats them up, and then his spidey sense tingle because Posner's men are messing with his truck so he can't drive away. This is sort of an iconic scene where he goes in the park, confronts Posner, and says... I'm going to kick you right, right there, there in your face. <laughs> and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> which, is, which is just great. So that is just great smack talk. That yeah. Larry Bird had a line similar yeah. to that that people always talk about where he said, I'm going to get the ball, go here, shoot it, and make it, and there's nothing you can do. And he went out and did it. And Posner is just looking at him going, what? You yeah, got 12 spot. men around Next you. Thing you know, he does it yeah. and starts beating everybody up. They end up getting him, though. And that's when Cole comes in, and Cole breaks it up. Doesn't arrest anyone, no. but does save Billy from much yeah. worse beating. He's like, everybody needs to go home and take a hot bath. Because that's how you, how you calm down after a, a day of fisticuffs in the park. <laughs> I'm guessing drinking. Yeah. They're, just, they're probably drinking. <laughs> well, also, I'm thinking, like, this poster man has a lot of people on his payroll if he could spend, like, midday just, like, hanging around the park beating up Billy Jack. Hey, he, drives a, he, he drives a station wagon. Because Cole, cause a guy does ask, what... Oh, aren't you going to press charges? They want him to arrest Billy Jack. And he goes, where would I even start? And then he looks over and Posner's sitting in a station wagon. <laughs> Got yeah. the world by the tail with my station wagon. <laughs> so this is where like... Martin's manhood, is he's been humiliated because Bernard and his buddies. So he, he they're back at the school and he is going to get on a horse that he shouldn't be getting on. He's not prepared for it. This There's is a where, lot of this in this movie. Right. I mean, this movie can be dissected like what it means to be a man because I feel bad for Martin's character because even Billy Jack at one time says, you know, you could stop whining, you know? <laughs> like, he does. He gives, man him, up, he gives him the tough love. Yeah, he does. Like, man up. He's like, stop caring about yourself. But at this point... Martin tries to prove himself, get on, gets on a horse that he should not be on, he's not prepared, falls off, ends in the hospital. And because this movie is so long, you could have these little plot lines like about Martin. The sheriff also shows up at this time because we're progressing this plot that Barbara, now there's news that Barbara is definitely at the school. He's like, listen, Gene, this is a warrant. However, it's not good because we're on federal reservation land. You don't have to let us search, but we're here. And Posner is with them, which I mean, like... <laughs> Bowser's everywhere. And then he just disappears. Yeah. Like at the end of the movie. Did you notice that? Yeah. Like I had to go back. I went, wait a second. What happened? Posner just disappears. Yeah. Jean says, and here's another song. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> she says, go ahead, kids. We're going to let them search. Let them do their thing. And this one young lady goes, you know, well, nuts to that. I'm going to yeah. get up and play a protest, protest song. And everybody, oh God, it goes on. Way <laughs> too long again. Way yeah. too long. Till the break of dawn, I was just like, oh, stop, please. And Cole's saying, do you know where they he, she is? No. Yeah. She's with Billy. Billy's taking her out to the ruins. And, and, you know, this is a point, too, where... You ever see The Searchers? I Absolutely. Mean, okay. Mike, he is desperate to find his daughter. But I don't think... 
and he's offering a thousand dollars because Posner's like, hey. Offer a thousand dollars, I'll cover it. Which is great because Mike gets up yeah. and says, "You know, a thousand dollars," and they just redouble their singing. You know, and he's like, "I just want my daughter." I don't think at that point it's really about his daughter. It's about control. It's about, I guess, almost like a dog in the manger, yeah. where yeah. it's like, I don't really want her and need her, but you can't have her yeah. because that's me admitting defeat. It's also a challenge to my my, man. my manhood. Exactly. You can't. You take my daughter. What man, God fearing man, yeah. would let that happen? Again, yeah, it's. But they don't want anything to do with the money. They don't care. And so it's like, oh, because yeah, I just here. got that searcher thing right at the end. Like, it really wasn't about him finding his daughter. No, no. There's that. a lot of anger, a lot <laughs> yeah, of rage. Exactly. And it doesn't really matter. Yeah, the search is fantastic yeah. film. So, uh, yeah, not, not to compare it to, but it has a Western vibe in this movie. Let the record show Jason <laughs> equates the Billy Jack with the searchers. <laughs> finding connections. Well, anyways, Billy has taken Barbara, and they actually go out. To it's a national landmark. It's Montezuma's Castle, which sits between Prescott and Sedona. You could go and visit it. And so I've gone out and visited. It's a, it's a great place. Growing up yeah. in history class and learning about Native Americans in the Midwest, the, yeah. the cliffs and the desert yeah. and stuff, like those are always super yeah. fascinating to me because you would, you'd see how the heck does that happen? It's a beautiful, almost eerie, yeah. like an eeriness to it, but they're building like in these big cliffs these things it was so cool yeah so he's out there he does he does live out there with an old man it's funny because they're climbing through these ruins like you go there now unless oh. you're an archaeology student or professor like there's no getting on like we went there i took my daughters there great place to visit if you're out there visiting prescott they don't even have like a tour where you could be like guided no nope, some of it nope nope you you have no act you could walk up and look up at it just like you see those scenes but, but they're, like, they're they're actually like in climbing there. in there and i think they're filming in there and i'm like well you know in the Absolutely. 70s yeah different <laughs> time <laughs> So, Michael, we get to the very famous city council meeting. Oh, good Lord. Seven minutes. I timed it. I, Jason, I got to the point where I was. I was timing. I was going, wait a second. When does this song start? And, I, and then I'd mark it and I'd go, wow, that's three minutes of playing the entire song. This scene goes on for seven minutes. Because the city council is, is saying, due to recent events, the school can't come into town. They can come into town on Saturday yeah. from 1 to 4. And the school people are there. And there's this whole back and forth. Way too long. Preachy, preachy, preachy. And then finally, oh, this guy, O.K. Corrales, he's sort of the voice of reason. And he really wants to extend the hand of friendship to people. He says, well, why don't you guys come on out and see what we're about? You don't know us, you know, which is true. And so a couple of the council people go, you know, all right. The one part of the scene I enjoy is that I think it's improv. I don't know if you looked at the notes because it, it it seems like they said, here's the setting. The city versus... Well, Jason, know. we have um, the committee. Howard Hessman. Howard Hessman, yep. And the committee Dr. was Fever. an improv group started in San Francisco by people who had been in, at Second City. So the committee is so, uh, somewhat famous. They okay. uh, Real quick, George Lucas hired a few of them to do voiceover for THX 1138. And in that is where the word Wookiee comes from because apparently one of them said, <laughs> improv, oh, I think I ran over a Wookiee back there. <laughs> so, But the committee and, and also the cast, it says at the, in the end credits, the, the improv was done by yeah. the cast yeah. and the committee. I couldn't find anything about the cast, yeah. but the committee, there's yeah. a lot out there. So I think you're right. A lot of this, they probably did just that. It was too long. But it was nice to see Howard Hessman, and then of course you see another one of the council members is um, Richard Stahl, another face that you'd like. Especially, I know that especially guy. Especially seventies, '80s television, you see this dude, the lead council person, yeah. and, a, and a lady next to him. They they're the ones. They go out, and here we go for a night of improv. 
which I wasn't out, expecting. Out this at movie. the Freedom School. <laughs> and the sad thing is, is some of it's good. Yeah. It just goes on forever. And it has and, nothing to do with the plot, except no, like except it, it makes oh, we're from the town, and they get the two council yeah. people involved in one of the sketches. And then it, after, when they're leaving, they're happy and laughing and going like, "We got to bring everyone up. We, you're nothing like what we thought." That's what improv does. Michael. It brings people together. It builds bridges. Michael. I, I've been to Second City. I love that stuff. It is a lot of fun. You go see some sketches. It looked like, oh, this movie. It's going to end on a high note. Everyone's going to be happy. I think they're going to find some talent in that town. Yeah. <laughs> So Billy's getting his his bite on. Oh yeah, and this is another thing that goes on for way. There's a little preachiness. There's a voiceover. It's hard. Like he's basically this is another thing. He's, where he's wagging a, his finger at us. Yeah, he is going to take part in this brotherhood of the snake ceremony where he is going to be allowed to be bitten by a rattlesnake as many times as possible. And if he lives by keeping hold of this feather, he will be inhabited by an ancient spirit who will pass down some wisdom, and then he will truly be. You know, take the next step in his ascent. I, I have no idea. Like, why is this even here? I mean, we already know he's got superpowers. I, I mean, seriously, again, it's like a Carlos Castaneda yeah. sort of spiritual quest thing going on here. All of this could have been cut. Yeah, all of it. But I think it was important to Tom. Like he well, was saying something like the spiritual side is important. You know, I mean. A lot of things are important to a lot yeah. of people, yeah. you know. And when you write a story, it's it is this very. I've done it. It's an extremely tough thing sometimes yeah. to edit yourself. That's yeah. the hardest edit. It's easier to read your story and go, you know, you could cut this. Yeah. Editing yourself is difficult. I think he should have done that. But again, he could say, "Hey, my movie was super successful. Shut up." Yeah. I just think it was dragged, and this did nothing except inflate the myth of Billy Jack. It takes him to another step in where he's he's not human. But there's one important element too. Bernard now has a gun. And Bernard is sitting on a perch with dinosaur and he has Billy during the ceremony in his scope and he's like I could kill him if I wanted to now. Of course he doesn't do it now cuz dinosaur's like you shoot him now. We're surrounded. Well, and the gun's empty. He yeah. does pull the trigger. It's a step. You know, first he holds the gun but he won't shoot it. Next he holds the gun, pulls the trigger but it's empty. The actor who played Bernard and Tom Laughlin had some issues. I think the actor who played Bernard, he was an up-and-coming young actor at that time. I think he lives in New York now. He's like he's really into health food and I think he teaches and but I, I think he ended up suing when this movie made money, I think he ended up suing Tom Laughlin for a higher percentage. That there was an interesting read about what happened to him after this movie. So. Interesting. <laughs> I, I, anyway. Don't, don't we all want to like have a write, writer contract after the fact? I, I love that. <laughs> but they also, at that time, they spot Barbara. So now they're playing in, with Martin. They know there is evidence. And why does Dinosaur like have a camera? Up? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Well, whatever. Maybe he heard about the school yeah. and he found something that turned him on. He wanted to see some of the ceremony taking place. Photography know? turns him on. So That's they, his thing. there's now definitive evidence. Because what is pushing this plot forward is Barbara. Where is Barbara? Where is Barbara? I haven't only found her, but she is with an Indian boy, which again is going to prey yeah. on her dad's bigotry. Because they go into town again. Here's one of the dumbest things I can think of. Sending a guy on crutches to get paint. <laughs> and then they laugh. He goes, oh, why are you sending me to get paint? They go, ah, hang it from your crutches. These are his friends. <laughs> it was stupid. Right? Am I wrong? No, no. <laughs> He's Bernard and Dinosaur tell Mike, hey, this guy knows your daughter. At that point. How did they know he was going to get paint? Well, also, 
<laughs> now that there's evidence that Barbara is at the school, why did the deputy Mike just go to the sheriff? Not and go, at the listen. school. She's out at the old ruins. Oh, at the old ruins. Yeah. Yeah. But why does he just still go to the sheriff and go? Listen, regardless of reservation policy, there is a missing child report, and it's federal missing children. Like, why don't we just go there? But instead, I mean, he. Punch sucker punches. Yeah, Martin with a. I, I like how you. That's where you you, you thought like I'm going to go through proper channel. Exactly. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> Were you watching this movie? <laughs> I'm just saying like things kind of escalate when sometimes you're like, why are they escalating this? Hate. Hate. No, it's hate. You're right, man. So he says like, listen, we'll give you a thousand dollars. Just tell us where she is. But the girls walk in at the time. And the poor shopkeep. Yeah. He's not going to press charges because yeah. they basically say you know Martin was like trying to steal. And the shopkeep is just stuck because he can't say... He's not going to speak out against Deputy Mike. And, or Posner, because Bernard's there. So he knows his place. Yeah, okay. he's, he's, he's yeah. just a, a guy. He's like, I yeah. just want to run a business and sell cans of paint to guys on crutches. Yeah. So they're back at the school, and O.K. Corrales, you know, they said, hey, these guys assaulted Martin. And he goes, you know what the solution to this is? Street theater. Because well, also the injunction passed. Like, we are not allowed to back in town, like, on a regular basis like you just did. So, yeah. we're going to resolve no, this. He does say, let's, let's, he says, let's, let's, let's go do some street theater. That's how you, we win minds. <laughs> this guy, Hearts and minds is street theater. Boy, this guy. <laughs> I believe there was an Always Sunny in Philadelphia episode where Charlie <laughs> and Dee go and do that with street theater. <laughs> that's how you win people. They still today, that's how you win people. <laughs> I think I'm going to go do some street theater. <laughs> and once again, this scene, kind of funny. Way oh my long. god! It has they, nothing to do with they the movie. Do. It just goes on, and they have the sheriff is involved, yeah. which is like kind of fun. But at the same time, you go, "Do you really?" Because it involves guns. Yeah. Of course, the whole town slowly gathers, and they're going, "Oh, oh this is fun." Yeah. This is some good street theater. Yeah, that injunction was wrong. These are good, <laughs> solid people just trying to make comedy out of their school. And, and this is Bernard decides, you know, in addition to possibly I'm going to shoot somebody, yeah. I'm going to take up kidnapping yeah. because he takes Miss False Eyelashes, picks her up. She's an ample bosomed woman. Yes. And he drives her out in the middle of nowhere, and he's gonna basically he's gonna rape her. Yeah. Slowly having her undress unless she tells him exactly where Barbara is being if hidden. If only there was somebody who could just Save. pop up out of nowhere. Yeah. If only. And of course there is. Boom! <laughs> Billy Jack rides up on his Triumph. He's, of course he's got a cool Triumph motorcycle. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have to ride the Jeep. You have to ride the horse. You have a motorcycle. Those are like the three, the trifecta of coolness in the seventies. <laughs> well, and and Jean is with them. Yeah, and she's in the jeep. So and and he just does this great. I mean, oh, yeah. again, Tom Laughlin is just great. Where he's going, Bernard, yeah. you know, come on, buddy. I'm gonna just, you know, I'm get out because yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna do what your dad should have done. What's kind of funny though is that his dad's been doing that. His dad yeah. has been. He's 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 basically gonna get him out of the car and kick the crap out of him. Yeah. And, well, you know, his dad's been doing that to him his whole life, it appears. Yeah. Hasn't really done anything except make him a horribly mean person. Gene's there, though, to save him. Yeah, Gene's a voice reason. That's the only reason Gene's in this scene, you know. Yeah, because yeah, otherwise Billy Jack would have beat the shit out of him. Yeah. You know, yeah. Maybe even killed him. Yeah. Like, just said, I'm, I'm done. This yeah. is done. So Gene says, don't do it, Billy. He's got a cool Corvette. $6,000. Yeah, man, with a lot of <laughs> coin. Well, horse meat was going for six cents a pound. Gee. <laughs> Man. There is money in horse meat. <laughs> is there anything I can give her six cents a pound right now? Anyway, no, Gene says, don't beat him up, Billy. You know, put his car in the lake. And Billy gives him the option. You can have a dislocated elbow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or I'd drive your car into the lake. 
He takes the car into the lake. Uh, a side story. You know, they honestly thought they could drive the car into the lake and then just pull it back out. It would still be okay. <laughs> There's a little note about that scene. Speaking of wet. Four silos. Four silos, yes. Hey, Joyce, I, thank where, you so much. That is really nice. Where in Arizona is this? Let's see. Where is it? Well, it says it was brewed and canned by SunUp Brewing Company. I did look this up a okay. little bit. And SunUp is a bigger brewery. Okay. I think Four Silos is probably, it seemed to me what I was reading about it, might almost qualify as a nano brewery, okay. which is like super small. Well, Arizona, it's got like the four silos. It's sort of funny. Growing, I, I never think of silos as far as Southwest. Yeah. Like silos, I mean, throw a Super Bowl down a country road in the Midwest and you're going to hit some silos. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting to see that. But this is a tasty, refreshing it little is. beer. I mean, next time I'm in Arizona, I mean, this is a, I'll have to look this up. This is good. Even the color reminds me of some of the color in this movie. Desert burnt oranges and yellows and everything like that. They do a great job. I mean, absolutely right. In the picture that we did with, oh, yeah. with your with your DVD, yep. it, it went well. And I mean, it oh was, yeah, the, it pit, was, the the DVD cover matches this color. <laughs> it was absolutely spot on. I mean, it was easy because it was Arizona. Yeah. When I was doing the pairing, I went, oh, this is going to be great. It'll go great with with the movie. But then the can just has that bleached out those. Southwestern colors. Yes. So Posner, of course, doesn't take kindly to his son driving that six thousand dollar car no. into the lake. And he didn't. He couldn't understand. He's like, so he just told you and you did it. <laughs> like, no matter how many times he explained it, he's like, let me get this straight again. I mean, Bernard's a horrible character, yes. but I think he is somewhat a product of, of his upbringing yeah. environment. Finally, he just admits. He said, "I was scared," yeah. and his dad just keeps going, "Well, you're a cod." Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. He says the word coward yep. in a very odd way. Cod. Like, it took me yeah. a while to figure out, what is he calling? Is he calling him a cad? Yeah. <laughs> Said the sheriff is near. <laughs> so now we have this escalation where Billy Jack has attacked Bernard. It's Billy, not Bernard. Like, he... His manhood being, has yeah. been challenged, yeah. challenged, challenged. From his image, like his car, to him physically being beaten up. His fr- getting Even getting turned down yeah. by the lady. Because every, yeah. everyone laughs at him after that. He doesn't take it as a joke. It's all... this is These are all slights death by a thousand cuts where they find Jean. Of course, before she leaves, she says, I'm going to go for a swim. Don't ride that horse. Horse. (laughs) It's like the forbidden fruit. (laughs) So she rides off to go for a swim. And Barb and Martin have this little heart to heart. And it's like, again, I I don't really know if if you want to talk about it. No, I mean, basically. It's just blah. She's like, why don't you try to sleep with me? And he's like, I love you. And you blah, blah, blah. Their romance, I never really. (laughs) There's a lot of blah, blah, blah. And also their romance, number one, I never really thought too much of it. And number two, I really, no matter what, I really never really liked Barbara's character. She's unlikable. She's unlike. I'm like, you know, Deputy Mike is unlikable. I was like, they got, they did a good guess because his kid's pretty unlikable too. <laughs> a horrible situation. I'm just saying, like, yeah, you know, the fruit doesn't fall that far. <laughs> no, because she is. She's kind of a jerk. Yeah, but this is a pivotal scene because from here everything begins to point towards the ending. Jean's out. You know, when you're in a desert. You're living on a progressive reservation. You go out for a swim. That means nude. You're going to go out swimming nude and free. Di- free as a bird. Exactly. And dinosaur. They're on the bird. same ridge. I know. <laughs> this ridge has the best view. You can see everything. You can see the entire movie from this ridge that they're on. <laughs> and they go, hey, check it out. Look at yeah. her. She's naked. And they and go and tie her up. Yeah. And this physically is... assault her. Yeah. And she is 
found by the female students, which is good. It's the one time. Well, think about the, in the movie. Why are they looking for her, though? They're looking for her because... Barb got on the horse you're oh. not, that you weren't supposed to ride, oh. and she fell off. And so she's hurt, and they're like, where's Jean? She went for a swim. So they Cindy finds her, and here again... Just goes on for too long. It's terrible, but Gene is just going on and on. Don't tell Billy. Don't tell Billy. The one time in the movie where his spider sense doesn't tingle. <laughs> You're right. Like every he shows up every other plight where you need him to be, and or, best thing he doesn't. Or did it, okay. and he ignored it because he said this is going to allow me to do some killing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she keeps talking to me about doing some killing, but if I find out that Bernard fella raped her. She's going to have a tough time talking me out of killing. Yeah. No, but you're, you're absolutely right, Jason. He pops up when they need him. When she needs him the most... He is not there. He was not there, which yeah. is not addressed. No. I would have cut a whole bunch of other stuff and maybe had that become a point. It stands out after several viewings like he didn't pop up there. So now they're all back at the hospital. Billy's there. Barbara loses the baby. And he's talking to Jean. He's like, well, what else is wrong? I could sense something else is wrong. Oh, he does. But she does not reveal it. And she basically silences the young woman. Like, you cannot tell him. Because if he does. Breaks her promise. He will kill Bernard. It'll ruin the school. And the school will come in. And that's the only thing. Keep. She has a very heart-to-heart discussion at the time. She's like, the only thing worth myself living right now. Because I can never unlive this situation. Is the school. Then we just have, this, again, a scene that could just be cut. Another is ceremony it, this, for Barbara's baby? The procession <laughs> yeah. through these, through, through these you know, historic ruins. Who needs that? Then the vigilante mob yes. is being assembled, Jason. If it would have been 100 years earlier, they would have had the pitchforks and the, and the torches. But this is the one scene where Martin, who this whole time is one of the apprentice for Billy Jack. The whole time Billy Jack is like, this kid is not going to, he's not that type of cut. Like, he's, he won't make this. He says, Martin, you know what it means to have mental toughness? He goes, it means to accept the fact that you're a human and you'll make mistakes your entire life. But you have the guts to accept that, that imperfection, and don't let you crush you. He goes, so know what? Stop whining and get in there and like be with Barbara. Like, geez, man. Yeah. Like, I mean, Whoa. I mean, some of what he's saying makes sense to no, me. Like, he really? said, hey, you're, you're sitting out here. You could be in there comforting that girl. Yeah. But what's funny is... Billy ain't exactly the comforting kind of guy. Exactly, either. I mean, yeah, I don't see him. I mean, what is he? He know he finds out that Gene was raped, and he's not like, "Hey, you know what? I'm here for you. What can I do for you?" He goes, "I'm gonna go kill people now." So who is he (laughs) to be telling people who to comfort and whatnot? So things are now like escalating. There's mobs at the barber shop. They're going to have another improv because that's going to try to bring people together, bring down this tension. Of course, no one shows up and the sheriff is there like trying to guard between the town and, and the school. And somehow Bernard knows the the choring routine. <laughs> well, if it's from his ridge point, he sees all. Oh, you're right. You're right. I stand corrected. He, he did. I've, I've been watching up here. I know the choring routine exactly. for the school. And Martin goes down on his crutches. To, yeah. They didn't think to go, let's get somebody else. Hey. Uh, Joe, do you think you could take the stable duties for a while because that guy's got a broken leg? Yeah. I don't know. You gotta they, carry your load. <laughs> like he couldn't type? There's not like a light duty that he could do? So they kidnap him, but Cindy is sent to get him, so they end up kidnapping her. Yeah. Folks, there's like another half hour of this movie left at this point. You know? There's... Like gunfights that really don't amount to gunfights or they're quick because at this point... They have the two out in the desert. Yep. Cindy ends up getting the drop. Oh, okay, and here's another thing. She gets the rifle, frees yeah. Martin, 
wouldn't it be super simple to shoot the tires and the other cars? Yeah. They both get in the truck. But instead, she says, Martin, get in the truck and go. And he says, what about you? And she's like, if we both go, they'll chase us. Super simple solution. They're still going to chase Martin. Because Martin's the one who knows yeah. who Barbara is. <laughs> well, she does have the rifle. Yeah. But, I'm, you know, shoot the cars and then yeah. you can both leave. It just makes zero sense. Yeah. Except to get Billy out there. You know, because yeah. they, of course, they get the drop on Cindy. Yeah. Billy shows up the right time again. And Bernard goes and chases Martin. Yeah. And Mer- Bernard is going to be a man in his father's eyes, apparently, because yeah. they get into that shootout in the woods. We don't see it, but we know Bernard and Dinosaur end up murdering Martin. Pretty much executing four shots right in the head. He finally shot a gun. Yeah. But meanwhile, they have Billy just rides up on a horse. And Deputy Mike is saying he's going to shoot Cindy in the head. I mean, he escalates to a bad guy really fast, too. Like well, he's like, but, he, but he's, he's a total, he's a, what is it, a paper tiger? Yeah. Yeah, because he's not. Because then Billy, Billy just looks at him like, come on. Yeah, because <laughs> Billy says, go ahead, shoot her. And he goes, wait, you're going to kill her? He's going, no, yeah. you're going you're gonna to kill her, and then I'm, I'm going to kill, kill you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I've been itching to kill somebody. That's the line. It's a yeah. great line. Yeah. I've been itching to kill, I'm itching to kill somebody. It may as well From be From frame you. one of this movie, <clears throat> Billy has wanted to shoot someone. Looking at this movie, he is a violent person. I think all this ceremony is that he is an extremely violent person, and this ceremony and living away from society that's what allows him not to constantly explode with violence. It's true. Yeah, it, he would be he would be Paul Kersey in Death Wish if yeah. he lived in the city. Yeah. Just going out killing people. Yeah. And and justifying it yeah. as I'm killing the bad guys, yeah. you know. I'm just bypassing the whole legal arrest. system. Yeah, the legal system. Yeah. You guys are and your your yeah. courts and your trials, yeah. you know. <laughs> so he he frees him, takes Cindy and he finally really understands really what happened to Gene. Because they find Martin's body. Yeah. And then that's when Cole... This is this is when Posner disappears. I don't know if the actor yeah. had another gig. Because they <laughs> find the body and this guy says, Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's like a Diedrich ba- Bader <laughs> character he might play. Like, oh, so a bunch of gunshots down there. And then Corvette drove off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, thanks for being here, yeah. Mr. Eyewitness. Exactly. What were you doing out here, creep? <laughs> And Cole says to Posner, I'm giving you 24 hours to bring him in, and then I'm coming for him. Why he gives him 24 hours, I don't know. But Posner disappears from the movie then. But they're all sad because Martin's dead, of course. And Cindy is racked with guilt because she's like, if only I would have said, and the big bearded guy. I love him because he goes, what are you saying? It's not making any sense what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) It's odd. And that's what you were going to say about Billy. Billy finally tells Gene, I know that you've been raped by Bernard. How did you know? Yeah. And And he goes, I didn't. Yeah. Bam. Bam. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not only good at physical fights, the mental game. Yes. Mental. (laughs) Mental game. (laughs) And then they have a discussion about how all the great progressive leaders from Martin Luther King to Bobby, they've all been killed by men like basically Bernard a, and Posner. Not only that, Jason, but I believe he says like you worked for yeah, you, you worked, worked for, for Martin Luther King for Martin Luther King, <laughs> JFK and RFK. Yeah, so you worked for all of them. I'd go, Gene, yeah. you're the jinx. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like now I'm sensing why the whoa, whoa, whoa! I don't want you working here. Why are you running a school? You're gonna get everyone killed. He just says, find me one place where people live together and love each other. Just one. Just one place. And she's got nothing. Yeah, she could say, well, at the school, but I think he's looking for larger boundaries. 
<laughs> he does sort of open up the playbook because yeah. I think he says in the country and then he said in the world. In the world. And, you know, my, One place. Yeah. You know? And I got thinking about it and it, I went, eh. uh, If you draw it in, you can finally probably you could probably put a lot of areas, but as soon know. as you expand it out. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but I think this time, like, Jean is at her last effort, too, where she's like, I'm not going to be able to control him. And it's right because now he is completely vengeance. Oh, and, he is. And he is going to go and look for Bernard. And he finds Bernard. And this is another thing where you just try to make Bernard's character from the opening scene a sniveling weakling in the face of his father, who, who in fact, I'm like, I wouldn't want to shoot a horse who's been corralled or a trapped animal to begin with either. We're all shit Because he admitted when he physically raped Gene, he admitted, he's I've never been able to get, go all the way with a girl. And now he's in bed with a girl, and it turns out she's 13 yeah, years old. Okay, like, why, why do they have to make him like 13, just despicable, yeah. like this angle in the movie from like horribleness to like, we're just going to make him despicable by the end of the movie? Because like, I wrote down, because I listened to that, and I listened to that, and I went, 13 or 15. Yeah. Yeah, Regardless. Yeah, either way, it's... Yeah, underage. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, like, one is okay, one's not. I think they did it. It's just my take. Because then they cut to Billy Jack. I mean, the look on his face Please. is just... You're dead. Like, this is it. If there was any question, it's over now. Like, if he was with, you know, some 40-year-old prostitute, yeah. you know, maybe he'd still just beat him up. But no, like, that just seems to, like, set him off. Yeah. Because she said, you know, he's there. He protects the horses yeah. and the kids at the school. Cool. So he's like this... He's sort of like a, a guardian yeah. type. So, yeah, I think that was just... And Bernard shoots him, and he doesn't even flinch because he, has he misses him the first time. Yeah, and the next time, like <laughs> Jason, he's about, like he's about as close <laughs> as me and you. Okay, you're about two. If you take two steps back, he misses him the first time, <laughs> and then he shoots. He does. He shoots him, but it doesn't stop him. No. And then he just does the old karate chop to the neck. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Just one Good. karate chop. I can't say I feel bad. No, I I don't either. You that character got worse and worse as the movie went went on. And and I'll tell you, the government in this movie moves super super fast because they're sending people. They've got warrants. Yeah. They've got <laughs> Barb needs to go back to her father. And, and I'm like, man, if government moved this efficiently, nobody would ever complain. Yeah. And then Billy sneaks Barbara Wagon, like this constant protection of Barbara at this point, where I'm like, is it really that important at this point? But the deputy Mike sees him, starts shooting him, and then Billy Jack just shoots him right between the eyes. <laughs> like right between the eyes. It's pretty great, but Jason it also says something that it's like he's not even trying to catch he starts shooting and his daughter is right there. Exactly. Because he doesn't really care. It's, it's not, not about, it's not about I, I love my daughter, I want to protect her, I want to I want to kill you. you. And I, if he had shot his own daughter, I don't think he would have felt that bad. Yeah, I don't think so either. This yeah. movie's sad. Because now Billy and Barbara are cornered in a church. The old church. Yep. The old dad. And you think always. this is going to be a major shootout. And it's just a long, drawn-out, psychodrama in. discussion about rights and the plight of the planet oh, and humanity. Billy, you're <laughs> full of crap and all this nonsense and whatever. And Gene just boring me. And they keep sending her in. Yeah. And, and the, guy from, it again. the guy from the federal government says, you know, well, well, she's already been in there a couple times. Well, send her in some more. <laughs> and and they, Barbara, they Barbara's... It, like street improv or something like that to resolve this issue. Okay, Corrales just pops up and goes, got an idea. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to run some lines. <laughs> We're going to get a little scene going. All right, how about that? And Barb won't leave. She has this great little speech. Where she says, I'm, I'm not going out. My whole life from beginning to yeah. end has been one shit brick yeah <laughs> 
And I'm telling you, what do you think she is? She's not even 15. No, no. She's maybe in like yeah. a freshman high school. Like exactly. 13, 14 years old. Yeah. My whole life has just been a shit. Like all she needed was that raspy yeah, voice. Exactly. Like smoking. sister. Like what do you know? You know, I know you're raised by a piece yeah. of crap, but what do you know? Yeah. So I think that's one of the things that's kind of annoying about her. Yeah. She acts so worldly. She plays it tough, and yeah. then she gets shot. And Billy's like, "You don't even have a medicine bag." Yeah, <laughs> it's like he's got, I got some uh, uh, owl bones yeah. and some feathers <laughs> and stuff. And like, it's my medicine bag. The way he describes how it protects, I'm like, okay, that's snake like, teeth. I'm like, good yeah. luck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently it worked. I know he did. He got shot. He got gunshot. Yeah, he's like exactly. moving around really well. So, but you know, so they go back, and there's all these negotiations. All the it negotiations. It's not a shootout. It's just like this low, like low climax. It's like a siege. Like, it's like a boring negotiation and see it's probably more true to life than most things exactly you know because it is boring as hell yeah and they just keep coming out and she goes uh by the way it's got to be this the school is the center of the universe and everybody needs to stop once a year and say how cool my school is yeah that's what it is it's just a bunch of and you have to have a press conference every year and say nice things about my school this is what billy wants and And what did they learn and And they're like, like Okay, that's yeah. pretty easy. Well, that's pretty... <laughs> you had me at hello. I thought you wanted a jet and some $10 million. <laughs> that was you just wanted to have a speech. A helicopter and a passport and all this. But no, you just... You want the world? <laughs> like, so Billy surrenders and he marches out in handcuffs. And as the students of the school, they all do the one-fist salute. And then one tin soldier. The song starts again. And that's the end. Billy it Jack is. walks out into the sunset. Gonna have a court case, apparently. <laughs> oh, that's that's the entire second movie, and it's nearly three hours. I read about it. It's a thing. Um, I picked the movie. Let me ask you: Would you recommend this movie? Okay, it sounds like we've just been kind of crapping on this movie yeah. for the last several minutes. You know, <laughs> close to an hour, half the running time of this movie. Yeah. It's this is a tough one because I don't. It's like this isn't a poorly done movie. It's just too long. Easy, a half hour could have been trimmed from this. Oh, yeah, easily. And I think even more. There's stuff to like. He's a good presence. It's kind of fun. You know, there's some interesting, funny moments. And then there's... It's also, it's, it's a little nasty. I don't know that I would recommend it. I mean, for that era, if you're looking for something in that era, it might be worth because that the situation of Native Americans at that yeah. time, early 70s, was huge. So you might want to check it out for that. Also, as a piece of like independent filmmaking... But also, I think it's, a, it's it's sort of a warning of independent filmmaking because it says, hey, when you have too much control, sometimes you have blinders. And Tom Laughlin was not able to trim the fat. I hate to be on the fence wishy-washy, but it's like it's a yes recommendation and a no recommendation at the same time, which doesn't make sense. What do you think? So for me, I would say this. like If this is a movie for film fans, the general person like, I don't think I would recommend this to some buddies who are just like, oh, I want to watch a movie. It's a piece of 70s cinema. It sits right there. It's one of these message movies that was also packaged as an action movie. Tom Laughlin has some screen presence. Really does. A really interesting Hollywood career. He has a really cool look. And to me, this is one of these movies where you watch it and you look back and say, it became this cult extreme popular movie. Kids' generation who are basically between 15 and 18 coming out with the movie, they love this movie. Anti-war, anti-establishment, the plight of the Native Americans. I I think it was just one of those things. If that movie had come out two years before or four years later, it would have just flopped. But it did. It made, at the time, $10 million. Yeah, it made $10 million on its re-release, $50 million. Mm -hmm. It did really well. Yeah. I think part of it was 
it was a mixed up time that time period. A lot of, there was a and, lot of change going on, and it was the first time we had this huge division in generations. Part of people looked at the movie as like, okay, like that was a cool approach. I, also, I think a lot of young men looked at Tom Laughlin's character and was like, dude, that's a kick-ass cool character. For those reasons, I think film fans, I would highly recommend you you see this. For the general people, like you're right, there's a lot of fat in this movie. Like, what's with the improv scenes? Like, I mean, they're funny, but it doesn't progress the plot. Since you had such a lengthy edit, you could have these subplots of characters who I'm like, I don't really care about. No. Like, like at no. all. Like, I felt bad he died, but I'm like, I don't, he was kind of a whiny kid to begin with. I, I, I went, well, he's not really dead. <laughs> yeah. Just the character's dead, and he's so. probably happy to be out of the movie at this point, you know? But, but so. I mean, it was, I found myself, like, I would go... Oh, here's that song, yeah. and I could skip ahead and yeah. go. Here's I'm going to get three minutes ahead yeah. and cut my actual viewing time. I'm like, because I'm not missing anything. Listen to this little girl sing a stupid song. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. No. It was, it was, I found myself after because you we watched this movie a lot. Yeah, and I did. Yeah. After a while, I went, oh, I know exactly. I can just yep. jump ahead three minutes the right same now. Thing. Something that you know keep in mind is it's a really just depressing movie. It is like, like there's just a lot of ugliness in it, and yeah. it is you know can't can't say it enough. There's, there's an unpleasant rape scene, yep. and there's some just blatant racism. Blatant rape, because that's what the movie's about, was about, like, hey, yeah. like, the race issues going on. It could um, only be in the 70s. Yeah. This released at just that right moment that you catch fire. You catch fire. There's something oh. going on in society that's reflecting it. So, uh, the beer. Like, yeah, Thank man. your friends so much yeah. for bringing this to Joyce, us. Joyce, thank you very much. Hey. The, uh, the four-year beer, this American Hazy. It's a refreshing little it beer. It is. Uh, next time in Arizona, I'm going to have to go and... Find them, visit them, or something. I like can't that. remember yeah. where she was. I have no idea their distribution is. If it's being made in Phoenix, I'm guessing you know. If you're in Phoenix, I don't know where you go in Arizona. How often you go? I've I've never really spent time there because it's just too scary and hot for me. <laughs> it's the flipping desert. I don't get it. <laughs> so I think that about wraps this one. I, up, I believe so. This is Beer and B Movies. I'm Jason, and I'm Michael.